to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope you're having a wonderfully blessed day today. I saw something in Idaho, North Idaho, an article that came up this morning. It was very interesting. It said basically that T1 Wi-Fi provider, which provides Internet access to pretty much all of northern Idaho and Spokane region, has now told customers in an email that they would allow all Facebook apps and all Facebook connections to be blocked if requested. And apparently they got deluged with request, meaning the Internet provider will actually block everything that Facebook owns and not allow it to be seen on their internet for the sole purpose of customers are saying they do not want to have access to Facebook nor do they want their kids to have access to Facebook and instead of trying to deal with fighting back and forth with people having access to it they prefer to have it blocked on their own internet so I found that to be very interesting as we're seeing now the mass purge and the mass giant big tech corporations literally locking down all over the place, including that we've now seen Wall Street banks now are freezing political donations after the protest, threatening pro-Trump politicians with blacklisting. And this has been going on for years. You guys remember, you know, J.P. Morgan Chase, uh, lots of different banks over the years now have intentionally come in and blocked certain sellers, primarily firearm sales, gone and said, hey, we talked about it in detail yesterday with CBD. They've done it with firearms. Now they're doing it with anybody who basically has supported the Republican Party, including pro-Trump politicians, saying they're going to blacklist them. And this is very troubling, again, when you start having the banking sector follow suit of what big tech is doing, which is not surprising. But I saw a meme yesterday. Somebody commented. We're really one of the meme was a comment that somebody posted online. And it was actually quite telling, you know, and I didn't really think of this before, but it really kind of got my attention and made me think. And it discussed how Parler, you know, literally had no update as far as when they were going down, that the CEO of Parler didn't even know he was about to get completely blocked. He found out from other social media news posts. And it said here's from Graham Allen. He said, Parler went down in less than three days because it was simply too dangerous to be allowed anywhere on the internet but web servers apparently can't figure out how to get rid of child porn all across the internet just putting perspective out there right now and I thought about it and I thought about it and I went wow how true is that we have a social media platform and an internet platform and a web service platform that literally does the bidding of what Amazon Google and Apple demanded they do over a few short day period and blocking an entire social media platform, including the point I told you guys yesterday, they Parler's been blacklisted on like all the main server companies across the country now. Now they're trying to find some type of internet server company that can house that level of social media. And pretty much all the ones he's used have said, nope, you've been blacklisted. We've been told we can't do business with you in three days flat. But yet, they simply can't figure out how to find child porn and block it or find the people that are involved in the child porn or sex child trafficking. That's just – that's too much work. They can't figure out how to do that, which, again, you know I'm being sarcastic. They know exactly what's going on with it, as we found out with Epstein and his giant global sex child trafficking ring. But again, 
Think about that for a second. They have parlors shut down in three days with simple demands from the three biggest companies in the entire world, but yet they can't seem to manage to get rid of child porn because they don't want it to be gone. Just putting things in perspective there, as this guy said. What do you think, Deb? Well, the Kabbalists own the child porn. The Kabbalists own and control Google and Amazon. It's Rothschild, Inc., it's Planet Rothschild, you know, and of course all the bloodline names and all the families. It's not just that name, but that's the primary one that we know, and they own it all. And if they wanted to get, you know, George Bush back in the early 2000s before 9-11 happened when he first became president, he said he was going after, you know, pornography on the Internet. He was going to go full bore and get rid of it and stop it. And then 9-11 happened, and of course he put all the money in other things, and he never had any intentions on getting rid of the pornography on the Internet it's easy enough to do. They showed it with Parler. They could do it in two or three days. Too much money. It, it, too much. Too many high-level people are involved in it. It's like getting rid of organized crime. We could do that, too. Getting rid of gambling. We could do that, too. Getting rid of online betting. We could do that, too. To do, we, could, we could do anything we wanted to do because we've got the control, and they just proved that by taking Parler down so quick. I mean, you think about it. I mean, Twitter removed 70,000 QAnon accounts in a massive crackdown you know, in just a day or so. Now, you know, if you guys have ever done direct mail or have ever done computer processing or whatever, to remove 70,000 accounts, you know, you have to have some pretty good programmers. You may have to have AI involved in this. And this is what's happening. And this is exactly what they're going to do when they start sweeping the Internet for all amounts of alternative news. Just quite frankly, that's what they're going to do. They're going to take all references of it out and down and gone. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not a QAnon follower. The problem with QAnon, and this is the biggest problem I have with a psychop like that, is that they give you like 60-70% of true information that you know is real. And then they throw another 30% in there of just absolute fake nonsense, and they create a problem because you're constantly trying to separate the fake from the real. And so you start to accept a lot of the fake as real. And you create an intermittent conditioning program is what happens. And you have so much normalcy bias because of what you want in your life. You want to believe that what they're saying is true. I had another friend of me contact me last night and sent me all this nonsense about how there were going to be thousands of arrests last night. There weren't any arrests last night. You know, Remember the Pokesville in jail? That's not true either. All this stuff is just lies. And they do it on purpose, like I talked about yesterday, to create massive amounts of confusion and division. So many of you have contacted me for yesterday's show and said that you know you really, really enjoyed yesterday's show because I laid it all out in a streamlined fashion from an article that I had written yesterday morning that I'm posting on the Health Masters website. You guys can see there, and Sharon already sent it out on ST Brower at Instagram and had to send it out a little different little you know segments because it was so long. But guys, here's the thing: we all have to be discerning. We have to be sharp about this stuff. We need to make sure that when we look at things, we say, are there other sources for this, or is this something that's really happening? Right now, the National Guard, now listen to this, this is going to blow your mind, is deploying 15,000 troops into D.C. for the inauguration. Guys, 15,000 troops? I mean, it's like taking over a third world country with 15,000 troops. That's a lot of military. That's a lot of automatic weapons. Are we to that point now we become a militaristic state? Or have we always been that? 
oh, that's right, we've invaded all these countries all over the world, haven't we, in the bidding of our Rothschild handlers. Yeah, that's right. So here we have a situation where we're going to have like this massive military presence in D.C., and the world is looking on, kind of like Russia did with Stalin and Lenin whenever they would have an official function, and kind of like Nazi Germany did in the Nuremberg rallies. I mean, 15,000 troops? It's insanity. But I guess they don't want to have any patriots come up there and start getting upset and fussing because now the FBI is saying there's massive, massive planning taking place for a lot of people going up and basically saying they're going to protest the inauguration of Biden. One of those little sidebar things that most people haven't seen is an AP News Wire. The Army is investigating an officer who led a group to the Washington, D.C. rally. The Army investigating a psychological operations officer. I always talk to you guys about what PSYOPs are. Who would let a group of people from North Carolina to the rally that led up to deadly not deadly riot in the U.S. Capitol by supporters of President Donald Trump, not true, it's Antifa. Commanders at Fort Bragg are reviewing Captain Emily Rainey's involvement in last week's events in the nation's capital, but she said she acted within military regulations that no one in her group broke the law. She was, I was a private citizen and doing everything right and within my rights, Rainey told the Associated Press on Sunday. Now, th- th- what it says in here, it says basically... Explains it, what a psychological operations officer is. Rainey, who is 30 years old, is assigned to the fourth, listen to this, the fourth psychological operations group at Fort Bragg, according to Major Daniel Lassard, a spokesman for the First Special Forces Command, known as PSYOPs. I tell you guys, it's a PSYOP. Known as PSYOPs, the group uses information and misinformation, that means lies, see what I'm saying? They use information and misinformation together, lies, to shape the emotions and the decision-making actions of American adversaries. Well, guess what? Guess what you and I have become? Yeah, me and you, in Austin. We become American adversaries because we're out there telling the truth of what's happening, and now they're going to use psyops to shape it. Notice it didn't say from foreign American adversaries; it says American adversaries, and that, that's where we find ourselves. By the way, the hardcore Zionist supporter of Israel, Shelton Adelson. This is very strange timing to me. Billionaire donor to the GOP, mafiosa involved, organized crime involved multi-billionaire and huge Zionist and supporter of Israel has died at the age of 87. Mr. Adelson drew a cornucopia of cash from casinos and resort hotels and poured money into right-wing causes. I'm going to post this because I'm not going to give this guy much time. I feel I'm about as positive about him as I was the Ruth Boehner Ginsburg. Says, I don't want to play Ding Dong the Warlock is gone. I'm just going to pass on talking about him. But guys, there are a lot of people out there that are being directly affected by these people, these Kabbalists and their front guys like Adelson, and we need to think through who they are and what they're doing and how they're doing it. By the way, Biden is now saying <laughs> you gotta, you gotta love this guy. He says the small businesses will receive no aid due to COVID or any other reasons unless they are owned by minorities and women. Biden's regime plans to make a priority of delivering aid to every racial and gender specific group except for white men. Remember yesterday? 
I told you guys yesterday that it was a direct attack on white people in the United States, and I've got some blowback from that. Because, oh, you, yeah, it's not just the whites, it's got blah, blah, blah. Okay, here we go. Okay, that's okay. Go ahead. You don't have to believe me on that. I'm telling you what they're doing. By the way, another Breitbart article. Hillary Clinton, listen to this, in case you would argue with me about the white stuff. Hillary Clinton, impeaching Trump not enough to remove white supremacy from America, end quote. Now, I don't usually quote her because, quite frankly, I can't stand her. She nauseates me. But the thing about it is, is she's saying it too. In an editorial published by the Washington Post on Monday, super liberal rag, Trump should be impeached, but that alone won't remove white supremacy from America. Failed presidential candidate Hillary Clinton described last Wednesday's attack on the Capitol as a function of white supremacist grievances fueled by Donald Trump. Clinton repeated the false claim that Donald Trump praised neo-Nazis as very fine people following the 2017 rots in, in Charlottesville, Virginia. She claimed she framed whiteness, a term she did not define, as the president's political priority. Wait a minute. She said, quote, Trump ran for president on a vision of America where whiteness is valued at the expense of everything else. In the White House, he gave white supremacists, members of the extreme right, and conspiracy theorists their most powerful platforms yet, claiming that they were very fine people among the torch-wielding militia members who converged on Charlottesville in 2017. Now stop for a second. If any other group, and Austin said this the other day, were to get centered like this. Trump ran for president on the vision where, where blacks are valued at the expense of everything else. People would go, oh, wow. Why is he saying that? Trump ran for president on the vision of America where Chinese are valued at the expense of everything else. Anything. But because white is being used, you can't say that. You, you know, you can't be a white person. They don't want you to be white. Now, here's the problem I've had. I've mentioned this before several years ago on the show. Look, I'm white. I'm happy I'm white. I'm happy I'm alive. I'm happily, you know, I'm still sunny side up and I'm not in the dirt right now, you know, you know, buried and gone. I'm happy I'm still here trying to fight this fight. I'm happy I'm white. If I was Chinese, I'd be happy I was a Chinese. If I was Russian, I'd be happy I was Russian. If I was black, I'd be happy I was black. So why in the world is there anything wrong with being white? It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. That's why I specifically talked about it yesterday. You know, Paul Craig Roberts is talking about this too, about how it's always about white people, white people, white people, white people. Why? I'm going to mention it again. Because the white people were the backbone from Europe, from the Protestant work ethic, who were white Christians. They don't want to say white Christians. So they say white. The white Christians are the ones primarily who built the United States of America. And it was the work ethic from the Protestants that built the United States of America. But we're not allowed to say that anymore. I was taught that in the MBA program 40 years ago at Florida State University, actually 42 years ago now. I was taught it was the Protestant work ethic that built the United States, period. But we can't say that because... It's giving white people the, how should I say, it's giving them the, the responsibility for having built the United States when you say that, and that's not politically correct. Right now, in France, the uh, Jews are all mad because what's happened is some people are actually not allowing 
food services to be brought to kosher restaurants in France. Two kosher restaurants in Strasbourg, France, which is right on the German border, have said that couriers for the delivery food delivery app have refused to pick up orders because of their anti-Semitic attitudes and they will not serve Jews. Well, you know, you guys should have thought about this before you brought a million Muslims into France and into Germany. You know, I want you guys, I just want you guys to know something if you're Jewish. Muslims don't like you. And you really don't like Muslims because of what happened in Palestinian to Palestine. I'm just talking to mention that as a as as an passing, which is a generally known fact. So you bring in a million, two million people that really don't like you and they're being used in the food courier service, there's a high probability they're not going to want to serve you. But guess whose fault is that? That's the Rothschilds banking cartel. Why are they doing that? To promote maximum instability in every country they get involved in, to get rid of nationalism and to force people to integrate, whether they want to integrate or not integrate. And by the way, <laughs> from dangerous fantasy to rea reality, in seven years, the European Union now reveals that it has a uniformed service. Yep. 10,000 recruits are going to be part of the Army of the European Union. Combined Border Force and Coast Guard reveal the new uniform in a social media post on Monday. Guys, here we go. You guys remember what I told you? If we have problems in the United States and we end up in a civil war, which I really hope we don't, we're going to be in a situation where we're going to have UN and EU troops coming to the United States, breaking the Treaty of Westphalia in order to restore civility and peace in the United States of America. We're living in some volatile times right now. It's, it's really getting interesting. It's been interesting for a bit. Austin, what do you think? Well, I don't know where Austin is. Are you there, Austin? Hey, I'm, I'm here. Sorry. I, was, I was having issues with my iPad. <laughs> I got it working now. But, no, you're, you're spot on with that. We've already seen this all the way back from the Obama administration, who was very, very instrumental in getting the United Nations wrapped up with the United States and making sure. And there's I, I don't have it in front of me. I didn't, I didn't prep for that this morning. But there's a treaty and a certain section of the treaty that discusses essentially if human rights violations are occurring in the United States and there is basically civil unrest that cannot be quelled domestically in the United States that it is the requirement of the United Nations to come in and help support stability in the United States. And so that was all the way back from the Obama administration. And so these things have been put into place for years and years and years now. This isn't something that's been planned overnight. This has been going on for decades. They've been getting this into play. And this is exactly what we talked about earlier last week. I discussed the fact of how 9-11 reshaped the entire country, not just from a terrorist attack, but from a dictatorship, from a totalitarian nightmare. That's how it reshaped it. Because we had the Patriot Act, which came in then for the first time in the United States history, every single person in the United States was simply, you know, assumed he was a possible terrorist. That's, that's what the Patriot Act did, if nobody ever figured that out. That's why the NSA came in and started doing mass, mass dragnetting of the entire world including primarily the United States, and you can watch it in detail with the movie Snowden, the original one. And it goes into detail on what the NSA was doing and why they were going in and having so much unfettered power 
and surveillance of the entire world. And originally, you know, it was all about checking for terrorists around the world. And then it finally found out. He goes, you know, like three quarters way through the movie, he looks at all the information data gathering. And he clicks Russia, he clicks, you know, Iraq, he clicks Africa, he clicks all these areas, and he clicks the United States. The United States is like three to four times higher than any other country in the world as far as data gathering. And he goes, we're, we're literally monitoring our citizens day in and day out, every single thing they do. That's why he always puts the tape over the cameras on his laptop and his phones. He talks about that in detail. I've always recommended people do that. Not only from a monitoring standpoint, but also from a algorithm-based standpoint. If you have a social media app, regardless of what it is, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to get into the whole lecture of social media. I already went on to that yesterday. But if you have a social media app on your phone, if you have a permissions open on your phone to use that social media app, they have access to that camera 24-7, 365. And it's not just to spy on you to watch what you're doing. That is part of it. But also what they do is they watch your facial expressions. They watch your pupil dilation. They watch everything you do when you're scrolling through your Instagram or your Facebook or your Pinterest or anything else. They watch every single facial expression you do, and they data log it. So then they start building a complete algorithm on you on what interests you the most, what irritates you the most, what arouses you the most, what you scroll through and don't even care about the most. They build a full-blown platform on you while you're doing that. That's why they have the selfie cameras on the phones. It's not so you can take a better selfie so you look better for social media. <laughs> they put the selfie cameras on the phones so they can watch you and monitor you while you look at things online. Just be aware of that. Also, too, and something Dad was saying earlier about the white Christian narrative. And, you know, I have to say, they have mentioned this now. And I talked about it last week, and I'm going to reiterate it. NBC came out and basically said that white Christian nationalism is causing COVID vaccine doubt. And they clearly said, most often, and I quote, most often, Christian Americans are white, native-born, politically and religiously conservative Christian Americans at the center of their culture. And this is a significant concern because the white Christian nationalist ideology will almost certainly serve as a barrier for a sizable minority of Americans who need the vaccine. And what we're seeing now, and we had and I talked about this repeatedly the other day, and I'm talking about it again because it is so important right now. This vaccine is causing new types of viral strains in the country. This is not a coincidence. Everything we're starting to see now from Britain to the United States and everywhere in between, we're seeing now all these different types of COVID cases popping up. And quite frankly, we're seeing more surges of true COVID cases of people testing positive. I have talked to more people now in the last couple of weeks who have been getting sick out of nowhere more than I have any, pretty much any time else last year, as strange as that is, at least here locally. And it's not because, oh my gosh, the flu's getting everybody, everybody's getting sick. No, in my opinion, I think we're having a lot of people that are walking around with full viral shedding from this vaccine because it is being administered all over the state of Florida right now. And many, many people are now coming down with COVID out of nowhere 
that haven't been around anybody, that haven't been going anywhere, and all of a sudden now, bam, they got COVID. Now, everybody I know that I've worked with, I've gotten supplements out to them and got them on the vitamin C with quercetin, the zinc, and the D3 10,000 K2, and they knock it out. I mean, repeatedly. I mean, I'm saying almost every other day I'm getting stuff out to people and helping them out, and they're all recovering from it very, very quickly and getting better. And so it's not something to be scared of. It's like, I mean, would we ever act like this about the normal flu every year? Would we? I don't think we would have. Would people start running around, terrified with masks on, shutting down their business because the flu came back again? No. And I'm still not convinced. I've told you guys this before. I'm not convinced the flu doesn't make its rounds every single year because of the flu vaccine. We know that they inject with a nasal spray the live flu virus. They say it. The CDC admits it. It's not even a conspiracy anything. They say, oh, well, but that doesn't mean it causes viral shedding. It doesn't mean it causes viral shedding. You're intentionally infecting somebody with a flu virus to make their body produce antibodies to it, and you don't think there's any type of viral shedding. That is completely and totally ludicrous when you look at virology and other types of aspects of viruses and how they affect the body and what they do. But again, they don't want to talk about the fact that when people get the flu vaccine, they get sick. And then other people around them end up getting sick. This is exactly what the COVID vaccine is doing, in my opinion. I told you guys last week on the Hagman Show, the flu vaccine, calling it, or excuse me, the COVID vaccine, calling it a vaccine is honestly a cop-out. This, there is no aspect of an RNA vaccine that actually is defined and meets the criteria for a vaccine. Dr. David Martin discussed this in detail, and I went through it on the Hagman Show last week. And in detail, what he essentially says is vaccines are legally defined under public health law and legally defined under CDC and FDA standards. And a vaccine specifically has to stimulate both the immune system within the person receiving it and also to disrupt the transmission. What we have from Moderna and Pfizer is not that at all. He said to make this abundantly clear, it's like saying that an RNA strand that is going in the cell is not going to stop transmission because it is a treatment. If it is discussed as a treatment, it would not get the sympathetic ear of the public health authorities. He said Moderna was started as a chemotherapy company for cancer, not a vaccine manufacturer. If we were going to start giving people chemotherapy for cancer they didn't have as a preemptive measure, we would be laughed out of the room because it is an ignorant idea. But that is exactly what this is. This is a mechanical device in the form of a very small package of technology based on RNA that is being exerted into the human system to activate the cell to become a pathogenic manufacturing site. It is a medical device not a drug, it is not a living system, it is not a biological system, it is a physical technology and a molecular package that is being injected into individuals. And this is exactly what we talked about in detail with the RNA spike protein. It's not a vaccine. It's not going in and causing your body to build an immunity to it. It's causing your body to actually produce the very virus you're trying to fight. This is why so many people are becoming deadly sick, literally some cases within minutes after getting injected with this virus or this RNA technology, so to speak, is what they're saying. Exactly what we've asked about many times, what happened to Tiffany Dover? We still, to this day, have not heard anything about her. Was it some type of psychop? 
Well, did she really disappear? Is she dead? Is she healthy? Nobody knows and nobody confirmed it except for one video on December 22nd of some individual lady sitting there with a mask on with a name tag said Tiffany with her hands in her pocket and wouldn't say anything. And that was the massive evidence that we have from her. Facebook has still been inactive since December 12th. Zero videos, zero photos, zero anything from her, any place we can find it. And we've seen this happen all over the country, and it's been pure media blackout. And this has been another reason why I've been so troubled by this mass media purge. Because as you've seen now, have you noticed? You've seen nothing in social media about the side effects from this vaccine. You've seen nothing in social media about individuals that have basically died, just like the individual, the doctor I talked to you guys about last week in Miami, who basically was a OBGYN out of Mount Sinai Medical Center, 56 years old, ended up suffering a hemorrhagic stroke from a lack of platelets, started having health problems three days Three days after he got the COVID vaccine, never had any health problems before, super active, super healthy. Wife said she has no idea how in the heck this virus, this vaccine, alleged vaccine, has had so much oversight, and she hopes people can learn from this and not take it. And she said her husband wasn't against vaccines at all. The problem is this isn't a vaccine, my friends, exactly what Dr. David Martin came about. This is a mechanical device and a package of technology that is being inserted into the human system to activate the cell to become a pathogen manufacturing site. That is why RNA vaccines, so to speak, were never approved by the FDA under any circumstances, even for human testing ever. The FDA said no. This is not okay. You cannot do this. They've had this technology out for 20 years, and the FDA said we will not allow you to test it on human beings. There's too much unknown side effects that are going to happen with stuff. But then, of course, all of a sudden, COVID happens, and now it's rushed three months through virtually no long-term testing. Actually, not virtually. Zero long-term testing whatsoever. They roll it out on the entire world to make us our, their guinea pig, and people start dropping dead left and right, hospitalized left and right, anaphylactic shock left and right, and nobody, nobody in the mainstream media will talk about it. In fact, it's even difficult to find any information about it now. It's being slowly purged more and more and more now. Now social media has made it dead silent because remember, Remember what Zuckerberg came out and said, what was it, uh, six or seven weeks ago? He said, we're going to come in now, and any vaccine misinformation, we are not going to allow it on our site because it is fake news. And of course, when you have the gatekeepers that do anything they want and don't have any recourse to it, they come in and say, hey, guess what? This is vaccine misinformation. Why? Because so-and-so got on Facebook and said after she got the injection, she got deathly sick and had to get hospitalized. No, no, no. That's fake news. The vaccine did not cause that. That is complete fake news. Well, guys, remember what Goebbels said. You say a lie long enough and you make the lie big enough, eventually just about everybody will believe it. And that's exactly what they're doing now. There is no reason for a vaccine, a real vaccine in general for COVID, much less an RNA technology insertion into our genome, which is exactly what this whole RNA Pfizer Moderna compound has turned into, Dad. And so again, I encourage everybody, wake up, 
and speak your mind about this stuff. Continue to stay on the supplements. Keep your immune system strong. Exercise. Keep your diet clean. Stay on the vitamin D, the vitamin C with quercetin, the zinc, and live your life. Open your business. Stand your ground and speak your mind and continue to live a free man. Because remember, free men don't ask permission to work. Free men don't ask permission to open their business. Free men don't ask permission to walk outside. Free men don't ask permission to take their mask off. Free men live free. And that's the entire context of the United States and the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. And it's about time America grow a set and start standing up to what we have seen now as one of the biggest fallacies ever perpetrated on the American populace known as the COVID pandemic. And that's my opinion on it, Dad. Wow, that was really, really well said. Awesome. Phenomenal rant. I love that. I'm really proud to be your dad. That was really good. I, I'm just, that was great. Now, now, here's the thing, guys. You know, I agree with everything Austin just said. Everything. But we need to realize that, you know, when we, when I was in college, I took a class called biochemical genetics. It was probably the hardest class as far as time-wise that I took at Florida State. I spent 40 hours a week in lab alone in that one class. In fact, it was so bad. Girlfriend I had at that time broke up with me. He said, I never see you. This is ridiculous. And I just broke up. I thought it was funny. But, but the, the thing that's so crazy about all of this is, is that, you know, I had to spend like six hours a day, you know, seven days a week working with a bread bowl called Neurosporocrasa. And we constantly used different types of UV light and incubators to cause all of these different mutations to try to create a new strain of Neurosporocrasa. Now, you say, well, we don't care about that. That's all too technical for us. Okay, here's the point. The point is this, viral shedding. Viral shedding, and I've talked about it at length, is a real problem because the viral shedding creates in your gut because it's a live vaccine that's been stored at 70, 80 degrees below zero. What the heck that, does that even mean? The viral shedding creates a new strain in your gut, which may not have the same characteristics of the initial strain. It may, much, it may be much more deadly. The same thing we did with the Rosberg-Crasset trying to find different strains. This is why I warned you guys so much about viral shedding months ago. And I said, this is going to be a problem. When they start injecting this stuff into people, we're going to have more and more and more virulent strains of this stuff develop. And that's exactly what's happened. In fact, right now, 24 dead and 137 infected in a New York nursing home after experimental COVID injections. And that's just from viral shedding. A nursing home had zero, listen to this, zero coronavirus deaths. Then it vaccinates residents for coronavirus and the deaths begin. Things seem to be working backwards at the commons at St. Anthony Nursing Home in Auburn, New York. Vaccinating people is supposed to reduce or end coronavirus deaths, right? But at the commons, such deaths are reported to have occurred only after residents began receiving coronavirus vaccines. Now, Ron Paul promoted all, actually put this story out there. It's from the Ron Paul Institute for Peace and Prosperity. So I wanted to cover that with you guys real quick about all of the stuff that I've warned about is actually happening that's starting to happen. Here's another article. Guinea Pigs United. Is mass vaccination creating new strains? Well, yeah. Not many countries have are brave or reckless enough to execute a vast medical experiment on their entire population and put vulnerable people at risk. But Britain and Israel and the United States did on December the 8th. We started, these countries started immunizing its population. Two weeks later, it's a few days before Christmas, 
Britain and U.S. and Israel gasped, but it was a serious problem because the COVID virus that was supposed to disappear from our lives mutated into something else. Now, I can't, I keep, I told you this was going to happen. There's a really interesting movie, and I don't recommend it because it's really graphic and don't let the kids look at it, but it's an interesting movie. It's called Prometheus. And it's about a group of space travelers who find a planet that was basically set up as an experimental station to develop these new viruses and this new technology and this new alien technology to go in and destroy other species. But they wouldn't do it on their own planet. They did it on a subplanet a long ways away from them so it would never get back to them and cause their own people to be infected. But we've done that, haven't we? Why have we done that? We've done that because of eugenics. Because, quite frankly, these people who run the planet consider themselves to be a different DNA line than we are. Now, I'm not making this up. I've talked about this before. They consider themselves to be the Bedain D. Nephilim, sons of the fallen. They consider themselves to actually be in the bloodline of Lucifer himself. And this Shabbat group that basically runs the planet now, you could call them the cult that runs the planet, the sex death cult that runs the planet. They want to wipe out the planet and basically kill 90% of the population and enslave the other 10%. Problem is we're too pesky. There's too many of us, and they don't want to have to share the planet with us because we're like a virus on the planet. So they're willing to put and load all this viral nonsense into the population in general to reduce the population with eugenics. You know, this is what we have to understand. Now, Ivana, Ivanka Trump, okay, Donald Trump's daughter and her husband, Jared Kushner, the many people say maybe the quote unquote quote antichrist, they belong to the Shabbat cult, and they practice out of the Zohar, and she's a Kabbalist, and they're all about this population reduction of the planet if they're tra- if they're actually following the guiding the leadings of this group. Here's it was funny yesterday. She said Austin. She goes, by the way, she's going to go to the Biden inauguration. She, Trump's forbidden her to go. She's going anyhow because she wants to be president of the United States. So she's what I would call a Kabbalist witch. Now, why would I call her a Kabbalist witch? Well, you know, Hillary is a Kabbalist witch. And anybody who reads all of these incantations of this weirdo stuff out of the Zohar and continues to practice that, that's witchcraft, guys. That's why I call her a Kabbalist witch. So here we have her now wanting to further her political aspirations and basically go against her father's wishes, which that doesn't surprise anybody listening to the show today. Now, Deutsche Bank now has cut its financial ties with Donald Trump's corporations and with him personally, and he owes them $300 million. So there is something this boy has done that has hacked off these Kabbalists groups around the world I don't know what it is I have no idea why they've come after him like they have but something else is going on because they're using him as a scapegoat now to get their what I should, what I, how should I say their agenda through because Joe Biden is as wicked as they come Austin and I talked about all the different gun agendas that are coming up right now you know 7 day, 8 day, 10 day waiting periods just to buy ammo with background checks all of this crazy stuff that Biden has in the pipeline that also can talk about it in a moment. But, you know, this is what they're doing. They're using Trump. Now, I've told you that I don't believe that, you know, we know now Jeffrey Epstein was not a billionaire, that he was a front Rothschild boy, which, by the way, he's not dead. And we also know that, in my opinion, is that Trump is not really a billionaire when you take out his 
add his assets and add his liabilities to it. I don't think he's even as wealthy as Jeffrey Epstein was. But we've been told that over and over and over again. And we'll see what they do to him when he gets out, if they still mean allow are going to allow him to maintain a quote-unquote billionaire persona. Because remember, guys, you and I, I have never yet, after four or five years, see Donald Trump's tax returns, and we have absolutely no idea what his real true net worth is. Not that that makes any difference at this point, because it is not. But the thing about it is, is that, is everything they tell us a lie? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, everything's pretty much a lie. But I tell you what, guys, you know, when they start shooting people with 15,000 military personnel and National Guard, if that happens with a giant false flag in D.C., in a week or so, if that's real, that's going to be very real because 15,000 military personnel could put out a lot of ordnance really, really fast. Austin, what do you think? Oh, you're exactly right. I mean, it is it is strange to see the level of crackdown that we're seeing. And, uh, you know, because there, I saw earlier too now, the FBI is now claiming, claiming that they have reportedly monitored online plans for armed protests across the country, and they said armed protests are being planned at all 50 state capitals from the 16th of January to at least January 20th. Now, are there individuals that are probably wanting to do this? Yes. Do we also probably have a huge amount of paid provocateurs that are doing this? Yes. Never forget what we saw all last summer, my friends. We saw the looting and pillaging and firebombing of cities all over the country. Now, I know America, for some odd reason, has a very, very short attention span nowadays. Something happens, and a month later, we don't even remember it happened. What are we talking about? What was that? Did that happen in a long, distant time, far, far away? No, dude, it happened, you know, four weeks ago. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, nobody for, remember, the, I think it was June or July last year, when BLM was setting fire to Washington, D.C., downtown, burning cars on fire. Nobody else remember that but me. All of a sudden, it was just business as usual. The protests should not stop. I mean, you remember all the stuff that they were doing, all the, all the politicians that were pushing the stuff. Remember, they were, they were coming out and saying, we're not going to file charges against any of these people. They're basically out there trying to you know, help out with what's happening right now. We're not going to charge anybody unless it's like a violent crime. Are you kidding me? Now all of a sudden people are talking about protesting and the FBI is saying they're monitoring all online plans. There's going to be armed protests all across the country. Well, quite frankly, there probably are. A lot of people are sick of what's going on. Whether or not they're paid provocateurs or they're Antifa terrorists or they're simply some of them are just patriots that are going in the wrong direction. I don't know. But what I'm telling you is America's on a pre the precipice right now. We're on a point of where we have to decide we're willing to go. And a lot of this has been done and happened by our own laziness. Last year was pathetic to me as an American. I'll be honest with you guys right now. I, I lost so much faith in American humanity last year when I saw people walking around, and I still see it today, as sadly as that is, as I told you guys the other day, walking around a lake by themselves, holding hands with boyfriend and girlfriend, both wearing masks. That is literally one of the pinnacles of pathetic lifestyle. You are a pathetic individual. And I'm sorry if you do that. I'm not trying to be mean to you, but that is pathetic. That you have been that brainwashed and that manipulated and that trained, and you are willing to give up your freedom to breathe air 
in whatever way you choose because somebody told you you need to wear a mask. It's pitiful. It's absolutely pitiful. And the degree of people compliance last year has boggled my mind. You're at the front of the restaurant. Hostess says, you need to put on a mask before we take you to your table. Where's my table? Right here. It's it's 15 feet away. Yeah, but you have to wear a mask to sit down. No. No. That's, no. We're not, no. We're not just going to skip over that. Like, no. Not going to happen. Well, we, 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 you have to do it to sit down. I can reiterate myself again. No. Let me get a manager. No. Manager comes in. So you have to wear a mask. No. The answer is no. Do you want me to spend money here? The restaurant's half empty. No. Well, you're not, we're not going to be able to serve you. I will not grace your door again. Goodbye. I'll go to another restaurant. You go to another restaurant, and guess what? A lot of other restaurants go, hey, dude, come on in. Have a seat anywhere you want. What do you guys want? You guys want to eat some food? You want this? What do you want that? Just, just willing to do anything they can to try to keep the business going. I say, hey, it's a great restaurant. Love you guys. I'm going to recommend it on my show. I'm going to recommend it everywhere I go. Great restaurant, great food, great hospitality, great A. People have to start having some resolve and some backbone when it comes to completely and totally idiotic blind compliance. And I mean that sincerely. The reason why we have gotten in this position we're at right now, one of the main reasons is because what we submitted to last year, shutting down businesses indefinitely, not allowing people to basically come in at their 25% capacity only at a restaurant. You can't even cover overhead. 25% capacity in a restaurant unless it is a massive restaurant. I worked as a server before in college for a year and a half. You can't function with 25% capacity in a small restaurant. It's not even worth opening up. Not to mention the servers don't make crap for tips because what, you bring half a dozen servers in a small restaurant where they get three tables a night, four tables a night? What do you go home with, you know, $70, $80 in tips on a seven, eight hour shift? Give me a break. I mean, you're sitting there running around all night long. You can't, you can't make any money doing that. But this is, again, what they've done. They've gotten everybody to comply and go along with the complete and total idiotic ideology. And so we have to ask ourselves, where are we willing to take a stand for this? And people really want to go storm capitals? I don't think that's probably the best approach, especially if there's 15,000 National Guard troops. That's going to go very poorly, <laughs> very, very poorly. But again... Where do we start to go with it? We know now that the House has already introduced five different bills for massive sweeping gun registration. I mean, some crazy stuff here. You can go online and look at it, and it's basically in the uh, the whole 2021-2022 congressional uh, House bills. You can look it up. H.R. 121. It's to provide an additional 200 ATF agents to investigate and enforce gun laws. Imagine why they would need that, even though 200 is a pathetic number. Remember, there's 300 million of us in the United States. Always remember our numbers. Always remember that any type of law that is illegal and violates the Constitution of the United States is not something that's enforceable. Remind the ATF agents next time you talk to one of them. H.R. 125, that amend titles 18, to provide a Mandatory seven-day waiting period for any semi-automatic firearm, armor-piercing ammunition. Oh my gosh, armor-piercing ammunition and large-capacity magazines made to, for transfer. 
They're talking about transferring magazines now. So they're not going to ban large-capacity magazines. They're going to make you register large-capacity magazines, and they're going to make you wait seven days to buy any semi-automatic rifle in the United States. Remember, this is a federal law. This isn't a state law. This is what they're trying to push through. H.R. 127, to provide for the licensing of firearm and all ammunition possession, registration of all firearms, and prohibit the possession of certain ammunition. This comes into uh, 855 Green Tip, 556. This is something they really hate this round. It's been massively overblown what it is. It's a steel tip 556 round is what it is. It's designed to go through essentially uh, walls, concrete walls. This is why the military uses this is pretty much almost entirely what the United States military uses in combat theater. It's designed to go and have better penetration through walls. They come out and say, it goes through law enforcement armor. No, it doesn't. Does Every single rifle round goes through soft armor. Law enforcement doesn't walk around with hard armor plates. They go through all of that. And after SWAT and they're wearing level four, Green tip still doesn't penetrate. Newsflash. These guys are idiots when they discuss this stuff. It's all fear porn. HR 130, to require the safe storage of firearms and ammunition. Here's the kicker. You guys are like this. To require the investigation of reports of improper storage of firearms or ammunition. That one is grossly disturbing to me. That means, essentially, that if somebody somewhere at some point in time says, you know what, I was over at so-and-so's house, and they had a rifle like a Winchester repeating rifle on their wall above their fireplace, you know, that that's not safely stored. You know, their their two year old could go get a fourteen foot extension ladder and climb up the wall and possibly get that rifle and do something with it. You need to investigate this. And they're gonna have a federal investigative system to report and investigate the improper storage of firearms and ammunition. That one is a gross violation of our constitutional rights. And HR one six seven which is to prohibit the transfer of firearm of any or by any person who is not federally licensed firearm dealer. This goes back to what they claim to be the gun show loophole, which is complete and total bogus. There is no constitutional basis to require somebody to get a background check to buy a firearm. Newsflash. I don't care. It doesn't matter who you are. There is no constitutional basis to this. This is something they've been trying to put into federal law for decades and have never been able to do it because numerous judges have said absolutely not. You cannot go in and create a federal database registration system for the entire American populace to be forced in to, even if somebody wants to sell a firearm to their family or friends, there is no basis to what you can mandate that. Now, states have gone in and done it, like Illinois, New York, real, real far-left idiot states have put this legislation in. This is on a federal database. This is a whole nother level. This is not a state database. So these are just a few of the House bills they plan on going in. So again, I bring you another question. How far are you willing to comply with unlawful, unconstitutional firearm laws that they try to put into place? How far are you going to go? Right, so you're going to reach a point where they say, you can't have that firearm. And you go, yes, master, here's my firearm. Here's my magazines. I don't want any problems. Here's, here's all my ammunition, master. Please leave me alone. Just let me be. I don't want any trouble. Is that what people are going to do? Sadly, I think a lot of people are going to do that, to be honest with you. People are big talk. People like to talk real big on the Internet. People like to talk real big when it comes down to it. But until you've dealt with those individuals and you know how it is to deal with them and you know how it is to engage with them, majority of people aren't going to do it. They're going to get real nervous and real scared. And that's why I've told everybody, if you have any type 
of verbal confrontation with ATF or any type of law enforcement for that matter that's asking you questions, that's trying to get information about firearms. The only word you say is attorney. If they have a search warrant and they have a SWAT team, they're not going to ask you any questions. They're going to kick in your door and they're going to take whatever they have on the search warrant. That rarely ever happens in most cases. If they come in and they're doing an investigation on you, they come to your front door and they start wanting to know what firearms you have or what ammunition you've bought online or what you've stored and carried, your first response is, attorney, my attorney needs to be present. I cannot speak to you without my attorney present. If they exactly continue to ask right. questions, attorney. Here's my attorney on my phone. He's on speakerphone. Would you like to talk to him right now? If you don't have an attorney, tell them they can come back at a later date and schedule a discussion with your attorney present. Do not give them any information. They go on fishing expeditions all the time. They are trained to do that. That is exactly what they do. Remember the FBI, federal agents, went to the one guy's house that basically had written a sworn affidavit about the ballot stuffing and all the fraud that was going on with the election. You guys remember this? It was like two months ago. And he said they came up and they intentionally tried to trick him up and ask him questions and then contradict him on those questions. These guys that are federal agents, they are trained to manipulate you and basically mess with your head. That's what they're trained to do. You can even talk to any sheriff or law enforcement agency. It is completely within their line of duty to lie to you and manipulate you if it serves the purpose of the investigation. You can ask any law enforcement officer that, and they'll tell you the exact same thing. They can do anything they want, say anything they want, manipulate you any way they want, lie to you any way they want to get the information they want out of you. Do not give them that. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say or do will and can be used against you in the court of law. There is no clause in there. There is no brackets that says, but it could also serve to help you out in the court of law. There is no asterisk there. It's only used against you in a court of law. Always remember that, my friends. Stay versed up on your laws. Know what's going on right now and make your voice heard because we definitely have an interesting time ahead of us. And I continue to encourage everybody, stay prepped, stay alert, stay in good shape because now more the time than ever that we're staying on top of everything and waking people up. Just like I said yesterday, there is no more cue. BS to follow along with. There is no more Trump plan that never happened. It's now or never with us, and it's time for us to stand up to the plate and say, if it is to be, it's up to us, Dad. Well, 2021 is going to be that pivotal year. You know, this is no longer, well, I'll do it if I have to. It's one of the things you're going to have to do it now. But Austin's right about talking to law enforcement. Let me tell you a funny story. Years ago, Austin and I were driving this fancy little sports car, and he was speeding. I'm not going to tell you how fast he was speeding because I don't want to get the letters, but he was over the speed limit. Then he came over a hill, and there were two police officers, state troopers, giving two other people tickets. And Austin hit the brakes on the sports car. It barked the tires a little bit. Troopers looked up and saw us. He's driving. I'm in the passenger seat. And I told Austin, I said, well, they'll be here momentarily. Just just take some because we're on a backcountry road, four lane. And I said, just slow down because they're going to be here in a second or so. And sure enough, here they come. Both of them, sirens glowing, you know, flying down the highway trying to catch us. Nobody else on the road but us. And we, by the time we saw them, we already pulled over to the side because we knew they were going to be there. And the police officers, the troopers asked Austin, he said, they said, how fast are you going? He goes, I don't, I don't, I don't really remember. I don't know. Oh, because we know they didn't have radar on. I don't recall. So we always oh, yeah, I, don't you recall. I don't recall. And, and so it, it was so funny because the guy saw that we weren't going to give him any information and he just finally, you know, just, kind of chuckled and 
left. Didn't do anything except, you know, ran a driver's license test. Now, am I advocating speeding? No, I didn't say I was advocating speeding. I'm just saying that this is what happened one time, but you don't have to give them information to indict you. Now, if Austin had said, well, I was doing, this is 60 mile an hour zone, I was doing 70 miles an hour. Oh, I got you now. You've confessed to 70 miles an hour. Well, that, that's, that, they can do that, by the way. You know, the, you know, the, 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 basically the defendant admits to doing 10 miles an hour over the speed limit. They write it on the ticket. There you go. Now you're going to court. So it's a giant mess when you get involved in law enforcement. Now, I've got some good friends who are police officers. I do. And they tell me, every one of them tell me, you don't talk to police ever. No one. And I've got a friend who's a good attorney. He's great. He's great. My, my college roommate. He goes, no one's ever said to me, Ted, that my case got better after I basically talked to the police. He said, you don't talk to them ever. Because anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law, just shut up and say, I need to talk to my attorney. If you want to come out of the house one night and have some pizza and watch a you know, Florida State football game, that's okay. Whatever you want to do, officer. But I, right now I can't talk to you about this because I, I need legal representation. Just be nice to them. And they're going to look at you kind of like, oh, wow, he's one of those guys that's going to really be careful. By the way, the Pope is now saying <laughs> – this is crazy. They hear, Pope Francis condemns suicidal denialism behind the refusal to get coronavirus vaccines. I can't even make this stuff up. So basically, the Pope is forcing every. See, the Pope's all, he's another big eugenicist. And Catholic Church would be like massively against abortion, and they still are, most Catholics. But this Pope guy, he, they should get rid of him. Guys, I love you. I have some more stories I was going to cover. I'll cover them with you tomorrow. You guys are absolutely awesome. You guys always remember that this is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. I love you guys. Stay frosty and take your supplements. There are a bunch of crappy strains of this stuff that are getting worse and worse and worse with the coronavirus. And like Austin, I've seen more sick people in the last three weeks since these vaccines have started than I had the entire year before. Yeah. Okay. Austin, finish it up. <laughs> no, you're, you're spot on, bud. I've said the exact same thing. It's, it's like as soon as these vaccines started, everybody's gotten sick again. It's funny. October, November, December, you know, still had cold weather. Hardly anybody was getting sick. Everybody's washing their hands. Everybody's staying healthy. Everybody's taking their vitamins. Now, all of a sudden, everybody starts getting shot up with this toxic sludge. All of a sudden, man, everybody's getting sick again. COVID cases are going up. People are being hospitalized. I'm like, guys, come on. One plus one equals two. Figure it out. Use your brain. Don't take this crap. Don't put it in your body. Let your immune system do what God made it to. If you need anything, healthmasters.com. Be sure to vote for the product of the week, whatever you want to see win tomorrow. The Muscle Blast and the Aqua Trace are neck and neck right now, so vote for whatever you want to do to tie break it. Testo Plus on sale for 12% off. Great testosterone booster. Huge selling product. I take it all the time. Awesome stuff. On sale last day at today. Product of the week. If you need anything, call us. Healthmasters.com. Thank you again for the continued support and getting this information out there and waking people up and standing your ground on what's going on right now. I appreciate you guys. I'll talk to you again tomorrow as always.